Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What is up, everybody? John Middlecock, three and out podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, before we dive into anything, two things. Need you to subscribe to this podcast. You like the podcast, Ron Collins feed, Ron this feed. Subscribe to the three and out feed separate from Collins podcast. Also, if you could leave a review, Apple iTunes, greatly appreciate you doing both things. If you can, thank you. Thank you. I I would shake your hand if I could. Now to the podcast. A lot going on. Little Russell Wilson, divorce feels imminent. Roethlisberger Steelers, (laughs) feels like they figured out their problems. Free agency, which is right around the corner. Basically, you know, when our next podcast comes out on Tuesday, starting Monday, we're about a week and a half away, right? It's, it's the 17th, but it really kicks off on the 14th. So we're here. Guys are getting cut left and right. And uh, I'll, I'll dive into that. And then, of course, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. And uh, slide in, shoot me a DM, and I will answer your question here up on the podcast. Very, very easy. Very 2021. You know, back in the day, you used to call radio shows, used to email radio shows. Now you just direct direct message me, and uh, maybe we'll just uh, BS a little bit in the DMs, or maybe I'll just answer your question here. You'll have to wait to find out. Let's start with the Seattle Seahawks, and I, I think at this point, we just have to call a spade a spade. Sometimes in life, breakups, divorces, they just become inevitable. There is no way to get around it. Hell, Kim and Kanye got a divorce. Is that official yet? But I think they broke up. Who would have saw that coming? Most people. But this is one, I think Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, none of us saw coming. Unless you really, maybe a beat writer for Seattle and you knew some rumors. Maybe if you were a player on the team and you knew kind of the you know eroding relationship or maybe what people in the building thought of Russ. Not as highly as some of us outsiders. If you're close with Pete Carroll and you realize, you know, Pete's not as in love with Russell as many people thought. You, But most of us, us peons, us civilians, us, as they call it at Augusta, the patrons, we don't know that. The first I've really learned of this stuff, like most people, is over the last couple weeks, the last couple months, whenever, since this story became a story. But at this point in time, 
Story today, Deanna Rossini works for ESPN. Like, they're making calls. And maybe that Seattle's not actively looking to shopping shop him, but they're talking. Why wouldn't you at this point? And there comes a point where quarterback, like a home, like a business, you never want to get rid of an asset when it's down. I don't know of how many people listening check the stock market on Thursday. If you didn't, more power to you. You avoided a bloodbath. It was ugly. Whether you have a dollar invested or whether you have $10 million invested, you couldn't open up your portfolio and not see a lot of red. Well, what do you never want to do on red? You don't want to sell. Ideally, you never sell a home when its value's down. Ideally, any asset you sell or in, in football trade, you would like to do at the peak of its value, right? I, my investing philosophy is pretty simple. I only buy on days that are red and I only sell on days that are green. Now, I, I've been lucky. I've never been in a financial pinch where I had to get a certain amount of money. So obviously you can break your rules. Sometimes in football, you trade a player whose value plummeted because he had a bad year. You just wanted to get rid of him. Think of you know Antonio Brown with the Steelers. They didn't have a choice. They just wanted to move on from him. They did not sell at peak value, right? They got rid of him for like a third-round pick, basically, to the Raiders. Now, they were proven right when his life fell apart, but Antonio Brown had one of the great six-year stretches, and they traded him for a third-round pick. It was a disaster, right? A lot of people sold homes in the 2008-2009 stretch for a major, major loss. I would imagine a lot of people sold stocks today because they freaked the you-know-what out. They said, holy shit, I'm losing a ton of money. Sell. Five years ago, John, I would have sold a lot at a loss. Today, I smiled. I bought more. Because ideally, I'm only going to sell when it's in the green. Well, if you are okay with selling or get ridding of any asset, as it feels like Seattle is with Russell Wilson, which makes it much more complicated. Because I think with the house analogy, with the stock analogy, you can always buy another house. You can always buy more stocks. It's not many Hall of Fame quarterbacks are walking around on trees, right? That's just not the way it works. It's not like, you know what, Seattle, just get rid of Russell. I don't know, the best player in the history of your franchise is complicated. But as we talked about, I think on Monday, once you get to a point where both sides, Pete and Russell, unlimited money, huge egos, no no one to mediate the situation, there's going to be no counseling. Remember when the story broke with Jared Goff and Sean McVay, that they need marriage counseling? I went, yeah, this is over. <laughs> it's, there's no such thing as marriage counseling in football. Maybe there is when you have Aaron Rodgers, right? That You can do some marriage counseling. The Packers weren't going to trade him. Partly because the Gudikins couldn't. He doesn't have the equity. Matt LaFleur, that could be career suicide. Pete Carroll's almost 70 years old. He's got $100 million in the bank. He's won a Super Bowl. Been to another. Won national championships. His legacy is set in stone. Now, his legacy can't improve, but he ain't worried. Like, it's, it, he accomplished what he accomplished. Now, obviously, he wants to accomplish more. He wants to win more. But at, at his point, you think whatever his principles are for the reason not being on the same page with Russell, whether he's too big of a diva, whether he's become too big of an issue dealing, like leaking this stuff to the media, kind of as nephew to management, as someone who supported him from the jump and used to have to tell LOB and the defense to be nice to Russell and now Russell's acting like he's getting the short end of the stick, whatever it is, and whatever Russell's beef is. You don't let me open up the offense. You don't ask me about players. You don't listen to my advice. You, you don't build the offense around. Whatever it is, it feels like it's at the point where there's no coming back. There are probably things said. It's never happened to me. I'm not saying I haven't said things to a girlfriend or whatever. I've never been married. But there are probably points in time in a serious relationship, whether it's a girlfriend, whether it's a fiancé, whether it's a wife, that if you were to something come out of your mouth, say something about something that happened previously in your relationship or something moving forward, there are words you can never roll back. What, whatever the equivalent of that comment is, right? If whatever it is, something about their family, something about a previous relationship, something about, I don't know, the way they look, whatever that may be in your relationship, we all know it, that the elephant in the room of a relationship, that there are a couple trigger words or trigger, uh, you know, things that could just immediately a fire breaks out and you got a problem and you know just to avoid it. And I, I, you just wonder if things that have been said through the media 
that Pete is never, it's never going to be cool with Pete and Russell. Now, the irony is this didn't just happen overnight. They had issues last season, and they went 12-4. and four. Because Pete and Russell are basically two Hall of Famers, they can operate pretty well in chaos. So you could always just go keep it going chaotically and keep winning. They won 12 games. I was just, I just recorded a podcast with Guy and we were talking like, do you know the craziest thing about last season? The best season it felt like in the NFC was the Green Bay Packers. They found a harmonious relationship with their quarterback and their coach. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Matt LaFleur looked like became a good, really good coach. It was like the Green Bay Packers are back rolling. They won one more game than Seattle. Yet the way we talk about Seattle is like, they're in shambles. Russell and Pete hate each other. They got issues and holes all over their, their roster. They won one more game than them. Think about that. So it just shows you how, this is my why I keep going back to the Seattle well. Like, they're a pretty high-level operation. Even when shit is chaotic, they still win a lot. Think how many teams would, would die for that type of record. I think we all know about 20 of the 32 teams in the NFL every single year, hell, maybe more, would have no problem. Hell, maybe 27, 28 teams every year would be at 12 and 4. We'll take it right now before the season. But it just, I, 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 don't, I just don't see them rolling it back. If you had to ask me what percent he's on the team, I would have said like a couple weeks ago, you know, it feels like 50 50, but what's the rush? Now it's like, I'll be kind of surprised if Russell Wilson stays. And, you know, there's only, I think if you're Seattle, you need to use some of your leverage. Like, listen, Russell. We don't think you want to be here. He's like, yeah, true. Well, you need to open. Uh, you have a no trade clause. Uh, can you? What about the Jets? What about Miami? Will you work with us? Because if you work with us, we'll be open to trading you. Because I need the Saints have nothing to give. The Bears have nothing to give. The Cowboys they have the tenth pick, but other than that, they have nothing to give. Seattle does not want Dak Prescott, who makes thirty-seven million dollars and wants a contract worth one hundred fifty million dollars. To me, those aren't good options for Seattle. Part of this is, listen, Russ, we will trade you. But it's got to be good for us. The Raiders make a lot of sense. They give Derek Carr. They give countless ones. Like, they get a quarterback. You can't just trade Russell to the Saints for four ones, and you have no quarterback. Makes no sense. Now, if you're Seattle, what I think you're doing is like, listen, Russ, would you be open to going to Miami or the Jets? Because if you will, then we will start a legit bidding, and we'll trade you. It will happen soon. Hell, we'll trade you by beginning of free agency. But you got to give us options whether, and I don't know, John Schneider knows this. Where does he have, you know, the Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance crew of quarterbacks? What does he think of Derek Carr? Because to me, he'd have to get one of those two assets to pull the trigger and make this trade. Because I'm not just trading him to the Saints for a bunch of picks. I don't give a shit about the picks if I have no quarterback. Here's what I know a 70-year-old guy who's really rich in Pete Carroll's not going to want to do, lose. He's going to want to keep winning. Who gives him that chance? Well, Derek Carr and some first-round picks would give him that chance because they could think, well, we might not be as good at quarterback, but we can use that 17th pick we get from the Raiders to maneuver because we don't have any picks because we traded for Jamal Adams. And some of the cap space that we save with Russell for the trade, buy a player or two. Or we go, we'll trade him if we can convince him to open up his mind to be like, go to the Jets, Go to Miami, good for business, uh, and we'll trade you if we really like a Mac Jones, a Trey Lance, a Justin Fields, or whatever, and then get a really cheap asset and do it. But also, you know, trade Russell for a lot because he's in peak value right now. Russell Wilson is legitimately the opposite of the Thursday stock market. His, his stock's never been higher. He just arguably had the best season of his career. He's in the peak of his powers. He's under contract. He's in his early 30s. He's a healthy guy. Like, his, his stock couldn't be any higher. So, this is when you sell, right? You, you don't sell. Part of, I'll give the Raiders credit. John Gruden, for as crappy as his tenure has been, and it has not been good. Middlecoff, are you PG-13? Shitty. It's been shitty. Okay, does that make everyone feel better? He has increased Derek Carr's value. Because when he showed up, Derek was in shambles. Three years later, Derek's playing well, and, and he's worth a first-round pick. He deserves credit for that. So... Like, if you are going to trade a Derek Carr, you do it when his value is high. If you can get another quarterback. The difference is other positions, like, you trade a guy when his value is high because you need more picks or whatever, like the Niners did last year with DeForest Buckner. You don't do that at quarterback unless you have a replacement. Because as we saw last year with the Patriots, Brady leaves, they have nothing. That's what happens to most teams. 
Most teams aren't just like, oh, we'll just go from Favre to Rodgers. Let's go from Manning to Luck. That's usually not how it works. It's usually like, let's go to Elway to a bunch of random crappy players. That's usually the way it works. And the thing is, when you get to trade a player, you're in a little control. With free agency, you never know. With a trade, though, Seattle actually has some leverage here, too. And I think they can work together. And this is where, luckily, it's not as ugly like Deshaun and the Houston situation. I do think they can work together, especially if Russell is open to another team or two, and probably figure it out and get a lot back and get a quarterback. Whether that's whether they value Sam Darnold, whether they obviously value Derek Carr. And I know, right now I'm talking hypotheticals because Russell's list is four teams. Well, to me, if his list four teams, he would be open to other teams. Do you really want to get traded? Or do you just, you just wanted to put those four teams out there so the rest of us knew that you were mad at Pete? That's what I think we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks. But my guess right now, if you have to ask me, is Russell Wilson going to be the quarterback of Seattle in the fall? I would lean no. Now, I'm not 100%. I'm not even 80%. But I'd say I'm probably leaning 60-40 he's traded. And if you had to go, who's he traded to? I'm going to go, well, a team that can give Seattle back a quarterback. Because under no circumstances are they trading him without getting a quarterback back. That, that just makes zero sense. So th- this is a story that when the season ended, we never expected to get. Right? We just thought, oh, this rough ending for Seattle, but we're here now. And uh, as a content creator and someone who needs stories, especially in a slow month like, uh, you know, February, no combine, early March. Thank you, Seattle. I appreciate it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When you're hiring for your small business, You want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses Get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. 
and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, let's dive into a little story that I, I saw. I think I saw it on Twitter this morning that the Steelers have signed a new contract with Ben Roethlisberger. And the headline reads a lot better than reality. And as we are seeing all over the sport with quarterbacks, they are gaining leverage like an NBA star, or you could even say baseball stars, right? I mean, if you're a baseball star, you get a stupid amount of money. Like, say what you want about Bryce Harper, little overrated, whatever, he got $330 million. Like, when you are a star player in baseball, and there are different levels of stars, but Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, whoever, you're going to get a ton. You have all the leverage. Trevor Bauer, the pitcher the Dodgers signed, think about this, has signed a three-year contract with opt-outs after year one and year two. I, I can't imagine being a baseball GM. Like, you think it's bad in the NBA. When the NBA, unless your owner forces on you, you don't have to sign Carl Anthony Towns to $180 million. No one forced the Sacramento Kings to give De'Aaron Fox $175 million. Did that on their own volition. In baseball, like, to get a sweet all-star level player, you got to give them a bunch of opt-outs. You know, in basketball, you just have to overpay non-stars. Just, it's kind of a crappy position, right? Now, you have no problem paying Mookie Betts or Bryce Harper, we can argue all day long, Aaron Judge, whoever, the top players. Just like in basketball, have no problem paying Steph Curry, no problem paying KD, no problem paying LeBron, Kawhi. Those guys are worth their money. It's the next level guy. In football, you know, we saw it with Goff and Wentz. We thought both guys were going to be stars. They got paid like it, and then it backfired. Neither guy is on their team now. And Dak, who didn't get paid, is kind of going through the franchise tag thing that Kirk Cousins is going through. But the reality is with all these guys I've mentioned, Kirk Cousins has got fully guaranteed contracts back-to-back years, right? He signed the original contract in Minnesota, fully guaranteed. Then he essentially did the same with a contract extension. Not quite fully guaranteed, but it was a ton of money. Because quarterbacks, if you're just a top 15 guy, you have all the leverage. Obviously, if you're Mahomes, Josh Allen now, probably even a little bit in Lamar, but even Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Roethlisberger, The contract extension essentially saves them $15 million this year. And it spreads the cap hit over a couple years. They essentially said to Big Ben, listen, Ben, do you want to end your career on another team? Because are you still any good? We question that. But because our options are limited, we would like you to come back, but there is not a snowball's chance in hell that you're going to come back on the number that you're under contract for. This is one of the rare times that a playoff team, for how disastrous the, the, uh, I almost said the Cleveland Browns. Remember, the Cleveland Browns killed, absolutely boat raced the Steelers in a playoff game. And as we know, that final month of the season, the Steelers were leaking oil fast. They started hot, 11-0 or whatever, finished 12-4, but they still went 12-4. Hosted a home playoff game. But... They were trending the wrong way. And the Steelers, one of the best organizations in the history of sports, you could argue one of just the better run businesses of like the last 40 years in America, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the brand, the consistent winning, the three total coaches over that period of time, they they have been, you could argue the bar, right? Six career Lombardis, or is it five? Was, was, Was Jerome Bettis the sixth? Sorry, Steeler Nation, you're probably mad at me. Don't uh, don't have all your history, but you're an elite organization, football or non-football, any business. And this was a time in a day and age when quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, screw you, Houston, I'm not playing. 
Russell Wilson, I want to trade to these four teams. Matt Stafford, I only want to go to these two or three places. Most quarterbacks have all the leverage. Roethlisberger, a first ballot Hall of Famer, had none here. He had no choice. Okay, Big Ben, you want to go to the Bears? And if you're not good, the team would stink. You want to go risk it with the Washington football team? Even though I actually think the Bears Washington football team, typically it's terrible teams. If you were a quarterback and you ended up on one of those teams, they're actually pretty well suited for you to just have some success. Or do you want to end your career as a Pittsburgh Steeler? A lifetime Pittsburgh Steeler. Because unlike Tom, who had a bunch of leverage, because deep down he still knew he was good, even if... I didn't think he was going to be as good as he was this year. 40 touchdowns in Tampa. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Ben, we all know you're trending in the wrong direction. And you just had a devastating elbow injury. You want to stay, here's the deal. And that's basically what happened. And now he's, I would expect him to, which is cool, which to me still matters. And I'm, listen, I think the word quote-unquote loyalty, you know, I'm big into conditional loyalty. You know, it's like, I, I think loyalty can be overrated because the moment you screw me over or the moment you do things I don't agree with, like, I'm not going down with the ship. Hell, even if it's your family. Like, if I'm loyal to my brother, but what if my brother robs me, right? We're not good friends anymore, right? I have conditional loyalty to everything. Now, people I'm really close with, it takes a lot for me to break that loyalty, but I, and maybe it's because... You get fired in your 20s. You're kind of thrown to the real world, working in the NFL. You're like, God damn, this, is, this world is not very loyal. Happened to me again in the radio business. Just kind of opened your eyes. I'm conditionally loyal. But when there's a brand associated with you, Roethlisberger's not going to be the quarterback of a Super Bowl team next year, non-Steelers. And I'm not even saying the Steelers are going to compete for this Super Bowl. But by far, 100%, his best chance to be competitive next year is in Pittsburgh. Plus, his legacy... Like, I, I, I do think it's pretty cool to only play for one team. That doesn't really happen anymore. The day and ages of Elways and, and, hell, even Kobe would probably be the most recent guy. Most elite Hall of Fame players play their career on multiple teams. Hell, several teams. Brady more than likely is going to end with two, but that's two. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, the two best quarterbacks of the last 20 years, are going to play for two separate teams. Each. Rodgers, you wouldn't think, but hell, Tom didn't leave teams until he was 42. So I think Roethlisberger didn't have as much leverage because they knew he wants them. And I think one thing that helped Roethlisberger, and this was my beef with J.J. Watt, when you have an unlimited amount of money, and Roethlisberger has way more, I think I, I looked it up the other day, it was over $200 million. Ro- Roethlisberger has made a ton of... Uh, a ton of cash. I just want to get the number right because I actually feel like I'm lowballing it now that I said it out loud. I, I think his number might be like 250 career millions. Roethlisberger's career earnings. Dun da da dun. I'm gonna guess right now before I look. I think it's 237. His career earnings after 2020, 253 million dollars. Let me repeat that. Ben Roethlisberger, as a member of the Steelers, has made. million. So he's made more than two and a half times what J.J. Watt has made. Now, obviously, he's played in the league longer. But my ultimate point is money, even taking a little pay cut this year, giving money back or allowing the salary cap room some uh, their team some flexibility, his life, I mean, you talk about generational wealth, that that is a stupid amount of money. I, I would imagine right now, currently, now, it'll change because the money's only going to get more inflated. He's one of the highest-paid players in the history of the sport. So it's probably easier, plus the Steelers knew, like, their leverage is, one, he doesn't want to leave, and two, money, like, he's made a ton. And we have some leverage here. And they used it. And now Roethlisberger, my guess would be, you know, the way Roethlisberger is, it'll, it'll either be announced or kind of leaked or maybe just implied this is going to be his last season. And whether they draft a quarterback, it probably doesn't make sense for them to like trade for Sam Darnold because you'll, you're will you not going to waste one of his cheap years behind Roethlisberger, is this can be kind of his swan song. And hopefully he has enough in the tank. You're going to have to get a better backup. You just try to win this way. But in a day and age when the quarterbacks have all the juice, when it comes to leverage, 
Roethlisberger is one of the rare guys. Now, part of it is he's just not as good anymore. Didn't have much. One thing I get a lot on this show, because I've mentioned it several times, like how I want to buy a house in, in Arizona, in Scottsdale, Tempe, just that, just that area. And I get texts all the times or DMs like, bro, you're really going to leave California? Why are you moving? What are you doing? It's not that complicated for me. Where I live right now in the East Bay, so about 20 minutes away from Oakland, kind of towards Sacramento, has these areas called Alamo, Danville, and Pleasanton. I like the suburbs. I'm a suburb guy. But to buy a house that I would like to buy around this area, it would easily cost over $2 million. And that house, I got to be honest with you, ain't even that nice. Then when you factor in that I have a business that I can kind of do wherever, well, the most anti-business state in America by a mile right now is California. It's the most expensive to get off the ground. It's the most expensive in terms of any sort of office you want to rent out. The taxes are by far the highest in the country. So it goes, it's the most expensive place to live. It's the most expensive place to do business. And then the last 12 months of all the lockdowns and shutdowns, no one was more extreme than California. And it's been proven it didn't even work. So it's like the pro-business states, the Texases, the Arizonas, the Floridas, they've been open up and it's cheaper to live there. But I was thinking this before Corona just based on like it doesn't pencil. I don't have an unlimited amount of money. And if I want a big ass house, like why, why even if I have two and a half million dollars, why would I buy a house that I don't even think is that nice? That's fucking insanity. That's why so many people outside of the state of California are like, you are crazy for living there. Now, I'm born and raised here. I am a California person at heart. I love the state. I like being on the West. I'm a West Coast guy. But there gets to a point where it just does not pencil. It does not make any sense. And whether this market right now, it's crazy, Corona hit, everyone's moved to the burbs. It's actually got way more expensive in like a 20-mile radius of me right now than it was a year ago, pre-corona. Give or take, it's up 20% around me. It's out of control. Now, even before it was up 20%, I didn't have that much interest in spending what I'd have to spend to stay here, mainly because I'm not stuck here. Like, my job is not, I don't have to be here, and I can just keep real estate and go back and forth. But I, I, I can't fathom buying something that I don't even think is that nice for like 150 cents on the dollar. When I go to, when I look in Vegas or I look in Scottsdale and I'm like, you could live like a fucking king for a million dollar house. And if I did have $2 million, I'd really be living like a king. But it's hard to get there when you're getting taxed left and right in the state. So it's just, it's just based on money. My mom lives 45 minutes away from me. So does my brother. I got family and friends here, but I'm a businessman. Like it just, if it doesn't pencil, it doesn't make any sense. Mainly because the California real estate market, now other real estate markets in different areas are definitely booming, but it's the difference is here, if it goes up, our, our, the bar was already so high. I get, I get real estate guys in, Vegas, or in uh, Tempe. They're trying to do business. They listen to this show. The Middlecoff, if you move to Tempe, I want to be a real estate guy. And they send me these, you know, different Zillows or whatever. And they go check out all these houses. And they're, you know, whatever, eight dollars $900,000 that down the street from me would go for like two point two. So you're just like, well, if I, if I just had $2.5 million in cash, would I be better off buying that house for a million dollars and having $1.5 million cash also in my pocket to do whatever I wanted to do? I could buy an office down there, rent an office. I could invest in the market. After today, it's really cheap because everything's down. By the time you're listening to this, hopefully Friday's not as ugly. So it just gets to the point, like I'm not in at this point in time in my life paying 150 cents on the dollar. It just does not make sense. And when you get into NFL free agency, if a guy is a good player, like a, a borderline pro bowler, let's just use Yannick Ndokwe. If he would, if you were going to extend him on your own team early, and he's a $14, $15 million player, the moment he hits the open market, it's why everyone wants to get free agency, he is worth $130, $140 on the dollar. You have to pay, if he's a $15 million player on the open market, he's going for $19.20. If you're an average player, let's say, and when I say average, I mean we'd all die for this type of salary if you're just 
you just average at your job and you get paid $6 million. Let's just say you're a solid starting right guard. And your value in the league, non-free agency, is like a 5 or $6 million player. If the equivalent of that player hits free agency, he's getting 10 or 11. We see it every year. Now, obviously this year with Corona, the cap coming down, there's not as much money out there. But that does not change the fact that guys get overpaid in free agency. Because all it takes is multiple teams bidding for you. And I think the thing we have to be careful of as NFL fans and people listening of your specific team, it is very, very risky to sign higher-end players. It's one thing to extend a free agent at a lot of money. Let's say the Cowboys last year. Remember, they let Amari hit free agency and they gave him $100 million. And they guaranteed 60. Amari just makes, he's a $20 million a year player. I know the way they do it with the cap. It's just, I just look at it 20 a year, five years, give him $60 million. So it's essentially a three-year contract. But they already had Amari. They had some success with Amari. So yeah, do I love paying Amari $60 million guaranteed? I don't. But I'd already had him, and I had a pretty good idea what he was and what he's not. Then obviously this year it went pretty well. He had a career year, even though the team was shitty. It wasn't his fault. A lot of times, though, when you sign the equivalent of Amari that's not in your team, that's where you can get you know, get into tough positions. You can find yourself in predicaments. Because you're going to have to overpay. For an $8 million player, you're going to have to give him 12 or 13 a year. So that immediately, that extra 4 or $5 million you're giving a guy in free agency takes away another player that you would have on your team. Potentially multiple. So it limits your team building. And then there's a huge risk. Why is that player on the open market? There's a reason if you just think in recent memory. Beside the guys that were traded for two ones and a two, right? Jalen, Jamal, Khalil Mack. We all acknowledge those teams like just bad business. But those guys, every team in the league would want those guys. But you see guys like, two names that stand out to me, two probably future Hall of Famers. Richard Sherman and J.J. Watt, right? Were free agents. J.J. was cut this year. Richard was cut several years ago. Those guys had already signed contract extensions with their original team. J.J. Watt had signed multiple contracts with the Texans. Richard had already signed a massive extension with Seattle. So those guys are hitting the open market for a reason, right? The team is basically shorting their injury, which isn't that big a deal. It's very understandable. It's like, okay, older player, it's just part of the league, right? If, you have a, if you're a non-quarterback, I'd say anywhere between an 8- to a 10-year run with your original drafting team is very, very successful. You were good enough to get extended. You were clearly probably a really good player and you're a core piece of a team. And typically, if your team's good, that's how a guy like that stays for a long period of time. But when I get a guy who is four or five years into his career, off his rookie contract, hits the open market, I red flag that. Because any guy worth their salt, unless I trade you, like I said with Jamal Adams, some of those guys, but if I'm just letting you hit the open market, the best I can get as a team is a third round back in the comp, in the compensatory picks. And people are always like, Middlecoff, can you explain that? I'm not a capologist. It's, you know, the cliff note version, if a, someone signs a player or your players that hit free agency, 30, 40, 50 million dollars, and you spend way less than that in free agency, then you get better picks. But if you let guys go and then you spend the money that all those guys get on other players, then it's kind of a wash is the cliff note version. It's obviously way more complicated than that. But just know this. I, 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 I'm, hesitant. I'm not buying a piece of real estate here in the Bay Area. Why? I don't think it's worth it. It does not pencil for me. Now, sometimes in football, you have a need. You are a desperate position for a defensive end. But just say it out loud, like usually the worst deals happen in desperate situations. I.e. J.J. Watt, for example, they gave him probably too much money. But that was the only way they could get him. So the Yannick and Dockways, the Allen Robinsons, whoever. I mean, these guys are really good players. Just know to get them on your team, you have to make them probably the highest paid player at your position. So the teams that sign these type players are going to get a ton of credit. Fans are going to be really excited. Most of them are not going to work out. And most of them are going to be very, very overpaid. There's a reason a lot of the good teams typically shop the second week, the third week, because it's way cheaper. Then there's way less pressure when you miss. And you have way more flexibility getting rid of that player. It just allows you, typically, the guys I want to pay huge money are guys on my team. Are guys that I know in and out thoroughly. There's a reason that Belichick and Brady, they won the most. 
they extended the guys they really liked. Even people act like they traded everybody. The guys they loved, the Gronks, the Richard Seymours, the Logan Mankins, the whoever's, got second contracts in that operation. Devin McCourty, Edelman, they extend guys. Now, they cut bait year seven, eight, nine, but they don't shop big ticket because there's typically a red flag there. And way overpriced. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's do a little Middlecoff mailbag. Let's just dive right into it. From LD, question for the pod. Shouldn't Pete Carroll bear most of the responsibility for Russ's frustration and Seattle's inability to return to the Super Bowl? He was under 500 in his first two seasons. He did take over a terrible team. The second year, most of his famous defense was in place. Russ arrives, the team wins 11 games. Year one and wins it all a second year. I mean, they had the best defense in the league and a dominant running back. Since 2016, I'm like adding as he's talking my own opinion. Since 2016, the defense has struggled and their draft picks have been terrible and he's uh, in control of personnel. In 2018, they drafted Penny, who's a bust, agree. 19, call year, a reach a defensive end, agree. And when they chose a safety in round two, who's now their nickelback, before getting lucky with DK, I, I, it's not you can't say they get lucky with picks and they miss picks. Like you hit on your picks and you miss on your picks. Uh, the Texas Tech linebacker over LSU's Pat McQueen, Pat Queen, I think McQueen Queen. I know Russ is a fraudulent diva, but maybe all of these trash decisions is why he is a stick up his ass. I, 
I think it goes both ways. I mean, Russ does not have a Super Bowl if he's not on a elite team. Number one scoring defense in the league, and Marshawn Lynch. They had an elite team. An unstoppable defense. We've seen Russ with great offenses and bad defenses. He can't win. Like it, it, This is a team game. Pete Bears' responsibility, 100%. Have they missed on picks? Of course. Belichick misses on picks. Uh, the Steelers miss on picks. You know, the Chiefs, they miss on picks? I'm sure they have. Miss on, I mean, Sammy Watkins, if they could do that one over again, they probably wouldn't have signed him to the big money a couple years ago. And I know they like him, but it's just they, they paid him a lot. Like, everyone misses. And when I say misses, like, obviously Rashad Penny's a massive miss because they could have had Nick Chubb. It's be, it's not ideal. But, I you know, what does Russ think? You to, Only Tom Brady goes to Super Bowl every year. No one else goes to Super Bowl every year. Not Peyton Manning, not Brett Favre, not Aaron Rodgers, not Steve Young, <laughs> not Elway. Just go to the history of the league. But even just the last couple decades. Roethlisberger, no. Stop comparing yourself to Tom Brady. Every other quarterback win a Super Bowl or two, you're a legend. Russ, you're a legend. You don't get to go to Super Bowl every year. It's not the way it works. It's too hard. So I, I don't really know what else to say besides I think his expectations, and which you should have huge expectations, right? No one should have bigger expectations, uh, any high achiever than themselves for themselves and for what they do professionally. I, I understand that. But I also think you have to be realistic. It'd be like a guy, you know, he's making $30 million a year, but he's jealous of the guy who's making $100 million a year. Well, you're doing pretty well, making $30 million a year. Business is a booming. Could it be better? Of course. Because whether in business, whether in sports, unless you're Tom Brady, it can always be better. But I think we're comparing him to Brady. It doesn't get any better. He fucking wins the Super Bowl, it feels like, every year. That, that He's the all-time outlier. I even saw today on social media, Joe Montana was like, yeah, he's the GOAT. <laughs> you know, what, what, what can I even say? Said it. I, I just, I, I think Russell Wilson, like, you've had an incredible career. You make the Pro Bowl every year. You're going to go down as a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're the best player in the history of the franchise. You, resur- you, helped, you helped resurrect the franchise. Sherman and Earl Thomas and Pete, those guys deserve credit too. I, I just think, I think Russell's, I don't know. And listen, I'm all for being positive and all for shooting for the stars. But th- th- there's a balance between like shooting for the stars and being realistic, right? What do you think about Kyle Van Noy? Is the Dolphins preparing to make a move for Deshaun? Well, twofold. I saw that he wasn't happy that he got cut team captain. It's like, bro, I, I don't pretend to have studied Kyle Van Noy this year with the Dolphins. Solid player. To get paid $15 million. Like, see, the NFL doesn't honor their contracts? No, literally in the contract, if it says they can cut you after a year, that's the fucking contract. It bothers me so much when I see people like, they didn't honor the contract. No, the contract literally says they can get out whenever they want. If you and I have a contract for you to take out my trash every day for a year, and I'm going to pay you 10 grand, and you take out my contract or my trash every day for a year, and I don't pay you any money, that's not honoring the contract. Or I pay you five grand, you're like, where's my other five grand? That's not honoring the contract. If I can, if in that contract it says, well, after two months, I can break the contract and I only have to pay you $200. And I break the contract after two months and I hand you $200. That's not not honoring the contract. It's literally following the contract. Now, I don't know all the rumblings. A little weird. You know, it felt a little weird, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they just didn't think he was that good. I don't think Kyle Van Oy is also, you know, he made a ton of money. No one's giving him $15 million. He should be, he should feel good that he took, you know, the Dolphins gave him all that cash. Question for the pod. What are your view on athletes taking PEDs? I personally want to see the best athletes at peak performance. And if drugs help with that, especially with recovery from injuries, so be it. I also think uh, we'd be naive to suggest a large percentage of NFL isn't taking HGH at a bare minimum. I know this is a bit loaded question, but I love your thoughts. Not offended by PED use at all. I am pro PED use. I'm pro enhancement. Whatever you can do to make yourself feel better, go ahead. Uh, I, I think people over the years have freaked out about the reason that they test, the reason they test for like recreational drugs. 
it's not that complicated. You ever, you know, read about the way insurance companies operate? You typically have to do for insurance reasons. You think, how many owners do you think smoke weed? Or how, how many owners do you think in their 60s, 70s? If you were an owner right now, if you were Jerry Jones, you were in your late 70s, you've never been richer. Wouldn't you do everything possible? To, you don't think he's taking stuff? So I, I don't know like what percentage of athletes take stuff. I, I, I do think this. These guys, to get to that level, you are such a genetic freak. I, I, I've started lifting weights in the last like year, and when I say lifting weights, just doing like resistance. You know, like lighter stuff, curls, you know, bench press, but light and a lot of reps, just to kind of tone up. I've always been a car, uh, cardio guy, but the older you get, you feel a little flabby, right? Back when I was in my 20s, as long as I ran a little bit, I felt like in pretty good shape. Now it's like, even if I'm doing cardio, I feel like a little soft. So I try to incorporate some weights a couple days a week. My body is not receptive to weights. It never really has been. But when you watch, I remember being at Fresno State, and you'd get like a rookie, not a rookie, a freshman, and they'd start in the weight program. Two years later, you'd be like, God, that guy's fucking jacked. Because they're, they're, these guys are elite. And this is at Fresno State, let alone the dudes at Bama and Ohio State. Once they get to the NFL, and they even up their, their intake of eating the right foods, training the perfect right way, figuring out exactly the way to train for that individual, their bodies are really receptive. So whether Ray Lewis was doing deer antler spray or not, I don't care. But Ray Lewis got, you know, probably put on stupid amount of weight throughout his career because naturally his body's more receptive to that stuff. And I think it incorporates all these NFL players, NBA guys too. Do I think guys are doing stuff? Of course. But I also think if you gave the average, even like in shape Joe, dude, like the, the, the whoever would be the number one pick in the, uh, in an office building, right? If you went to the cubicles and you went, okay, I'll take James. He was a he was a all conference high school player, but never played past that. Like that guy, if I gave that guy HGH and I gave that guy all the good PEDs, he would probably get bigger. But I bet if I went to an NFL and I gave that guy, like his body's just gonna be more receptive. These guys are the the biggest freaks on the planet. So I. I think sometimes, and even I'm guilty of this too, I overvalue, like, all these guys are on PEDs. Maybe. I think all these guys are taking supplements. And, and, but I think it's a smaller percentage doing true, true, like, illegal stuff. Are guys pushing the envelope? Of course. If you ain't pushing the envelope, you ain't fucking gonna make it. <laughs> Simple, period, point blank, end of story. Are guys full-on, quote-unquote, cheating relative to the rules? I would imagine it's a smaller percentage than most of us think. Even when you work in the NFL, it's not like you're going up to players like, using PEDs? How about the PEDs there? You're not. Coaches, they're not asked. They don't want to know. Now, you do want to know. Here's where you do want to know. Like, if I get a Bosa brother or whatever, right, and those guys are not on PEDs, and I go, God, this guy's a freak. This guy's a dominant player, right? I feel good he's going to get to the league and dominate. And both those guys got to the league. It was clear they're pretty good. But, for example, I don't, I'm not going to use a name, but there have been players over the years that are like first-round talents. Maybe not on the Bosa's levels or Khalil Mack or like a top-five pick, but like a, a first-round level player. And if you get rumors in college, if someone tells you at that program, they go, be careful, this guy's a steroid guy. You have to tell your GM and your coach that because you might end up really liking that player, but if you find out, like, this guy's not going to be able to pass tests once he gets to the pros... And if he can't, then he won't be any good. And that, that happens sometimes, right? So that that's something to, that doesn't really get out. Uh, so I don't know if I answered your question there, but that's I, I, I really don't care. If you told me everyone wanted to use steroids, cool with me. Uh, really hope Justin Fields and Mac Jones end up in New England or San Francisco. Shanahan needs to go all in on one of these quarterbacks. If he's a quarterback whisperer, he and Lynch can get a cheap labor for four to five years. Make another Super Bowl run with studs, other areas, making big money, Bosa, Warner, O-line, etc. I agree. I, I, I would always, I think the Rams are a good example. They were in such uh, draft pick hell. They didn't have any picks. They don't have any money. The only route they could take to upgrade their quarterback was do something crazy like they did. They almost had to triple down, right? They had doubled down with Jalen Ramsey. They were stuck. The only way they could maneuver was doing what they did with Matt Stafford. In a perfect world, if they had more flexibility, maybe they would have tried to draft a guy. 
because it would have been much cheaper, but they didn't have a choice. If you if you can, you would always rather get your rookie quarterback who can become a top 12 guy. The problem is you just never know. You know, I mean, more than likely, Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and I like both those players, there's a decent chance one of them is a complete terrible NFL player. It's not out of the realm possibility if we just use those two guys as examples. They're both bad. That's the hard part about the draft. It, it, it's And I'm guilty, right? In theory, draft a guy, draft a guy. And I keep saying this about the Niners. Draft a guy, draft a guy. Well, what if you don't love any of the guys? What if you don't think any of the, you know, from quarterbacks three to six are going to be franchise quarterbacks? Because if you do draft a guy in the first round and you miss, you're in trouble. Given your NFL experiences, can you give some perspective on how much the past culture of an organization plays into the approach philosophy of the present and future of the organization? How much does it affect team decisions on personnel and money? And is it something that's explicitly talked about? Compliments. Thanks so much for reading the question. Side note, totally fangirl. Listen. Uh, Josh. Okay. Josh gave a bunch of compliments. Don't want to read on the air. Very nice. Appreciate your kind words. Well, I've only been on one team and just, you don't like, the culture, the culture, you don't talk about it. You just, your culture is just the building every day, right? It's just your coaches and your personnel people and your players. It's why I said that I thought the Patriot culture was a little overrated because it turned out like Tom's a huge part of it. And Tom creates the Belichick culture because his best player, the best player in, you know, one of, in arguably league history, doesn't make that much money, can get coached. Everyone's kind of on edge because Tom's kind of on edge and just kind of gets created. When I was in Philly, like it was just Andy kind of set the culture just by the way he acted, the way he, way he operated. And the players and the coaches, it's just, I, I don't think you just, I don't know how to describe this. I, I never felt like the culture was this. Yeah, some days were good. You know, some days people are mad after a loss. I don't know. I, I think it gets a little overvalued, I guess is my ultimate point. Now, good culture, like, I can't imagine a place that always loses, everyone's negative, there's something in that. I've never been around that. I've been around, you know, I thought pretty successful people that were very positive. Last mailbag, somebody said the Niners need to put their big boy pants on and go get Deshaun, which I'm a fan of them doing. Since that's in the air, then why not use the same mentality to trade up to number one and grab Trevor Lawrence and give Kyle the quarterback he needs? Niners would be giving up around the same number of picks in that scenario and most likely be giving up less since we wouldn't be losing out on core players in a trade and possibly less picks. Lawrence would be cheaper for many reasons. Worst case, trade for pick two instead and get Wilson. Well, the Trevor Lawrence thing, it takes two to tango, right? You can't ask, you can't get a dance with a girl if she won't dance with you. And there is under no circumstance, if the Jaguars said today, if if Trent Baalke and the Jags just tweeted out, we're open or just leaked to Schefter. The Jags are open to listening to offers of the number one pick. Every fucking team in the league would call. Teams would be lined up. Why would the Jags trade with the Niners? What do the Niners have to give them? Why, why wouldn't the Jags want Trevor Lawrence? I just, it's just not an option. Because I think they would. Like, would the Niners trade three first-round picks and two second-round picks to get Trevor Lawrence? Probably. It's just not available. I'm with you. I I would do that yesterday to get Trevor Lawrence. The Zach Wilson thing, you just... To trade up to get a player, here's the key. You got to believe in him. And one of the great conviction trades of of modern day, of the internet age, was a non-quarterback was Julio Jones when the Falcons traded up to get Julio Jones. And remember, Belichick told him not to do it. And he said in his gut he believed in it. And he drafted a Hall of Fame player. It was it was worth it. Sometimes, you know, when you trade up for quarterback, that, that guy has to be a Pro Bowl level guy. Or, or it doesn't feel, it's a, it's a bad decision. What do you ultimately see the Washington football team doing at quarterback? Going with what they have, free agent, or drafting someone? Well, they made the playoffs, so their pick is not that high. Uh, they could trade for Mariota. Rumors were out there that they tried to a month ago, and then they uh, kind of pulled back. And because there's a chance the Raiders cut them, I would say Mariota would make some sense. I would say drafting maybe a Mac Jones would make some sense. And I would say you know if a player like Jimmy Garoppolo or Sam Darnold become available would make some sense. 
I get asked all the time, like, what is my team going to do at quarterback? I don't think anyone knows because there are crazy, you know, kind of variables out there right now. Start with Deshaun and Russell. Do those guys get traded? Because if they do, then what happens with Sam Darnold? What do the Miami Dolphins do with Tua? Do the Niners draft a quarterback or they keep Jimmy Garoppolo? What the hell are the Bears going to do? Is there any chance that Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan were to get traded? I hate not being able to answer the question, but I, I honestly don't know. Because I see it could be like 10 options. It's one of those years where there's not just, what are the Saints going to do? For someone who aspires to work in player development and ultimately a front office one day, the insight you provide is refreshing. I'm in my last semester of college right now and want to get into the game of baseball. My end goal is to be a GM in the game, but I feel as if scouting is the best route for me to break into the game. I wanted to see if you had any advice for someone like me. My plan after graduation is to try to find a somewhat normal 9-to-5 job to give me some more capital for when I do slide into the baseball world because I know I won't be making a lot of money. Especially after the pandemic is done to sports and we love uh, econ- you know, talking about economically speaking. Once again, huge fan. Appreciate that, Brett. My advice would be this, and this is going to sound a little crazy. I would do everything possible to get your foot in the door as soon as possible. I, I saw someone say this the other day, and I, I do think it's true. When you give yourself an out, like when I got into sports, I never took another job. I never like uh, before, and I was lucky, right? I got a GA job at Fresno State right out of college. But I, I remember thinking like Fresno State was paying me the equivalent of a college scholarship, like what the players were getting. You know, I got like seven to $800 a month, and I didn't make any money. I was on scholarship. But if I had done a job, let's say, and I was I graduated college right when the recession hit in 08. But let's say I had gotten a job, like some of my friends making $60,000, $70,000 with my, you know, selling insurance, Morgan Stanley, whatever. That is so, even, that is so much more money, sixty grand than I was making at the time. Who knows? Maybe you get kind of comfortable. Maybe you realize some people tell you, like, you can make a lot of money doing this. And you just kind of get into a rut. But I just went right into the world, and it's all I knew. Now, eventually, looking back, like I could never go back and do that now, what I knew now. But at the time, I didn't know that now. I just knew what I wanted to do, and I went all in. I would always advise someone to put all their chips in the middle of the table. Because then, if you hate it, at least you tried and you took a big swing. Now, obviously, you need money to eat, need money to live. But sometimes, you just got to suck it up. And the good thing with working in sports, especially if you can work in the front office, you know, you know, what am I first year in Philly? I made like 25, 30 grand, 20 grand. I, I can't, maybe it was, I, I don't think it was 30. I think it might've been 25. But the thing with sports, I had a free gym. I got free food. Same thing at Fresno State. I got a fr- bunch of free food. I didn't have to pay for a gym. I got free clothes. I wore sweats every day. Like you can live pretty simply. It, it is a big advantage. Right? I like to work out, I like to eat, and I was all in. That's basically all I did. I didn't have much of a life. I didn't go on vacations. I didn't, I didn't go on any vacations in my 20s. Vacations didn't exist. I didn't have any fucking money. I didn't care. I was just trying to climb up the ladder of what I wanted to do. I think sometimes when you give yourself an out, I never have, but just knowing people that ask me questions about getting in as they get older, it's hard. Because you're like, how am I going to go from making 60 grand to making 10? Well, if all you know is 10, you learn how to survive, right? It's just like animal instincts. You can make do with what you got, but it's harder to take a huge step back. Okay, one more. I've been a Chargers fan for 15 years, and I've experienced the most pain, mostly pain and suffering watching this team. However, with Herbert at quarterback, I am hopeful he can one day lead us to a championship. What's your take on the situation? Well, he literally just had the greatest rookie season in the history of the position. So, is, are his expectations probably a little outrageous? Yes. But you do not have to be Parcells or Bill Walsh to realize his talent is stupid. His arm strength, his mobility, just his overall ability is eye-popping, even at the NFL level. Then you factor in their team. Pretty talented. Got a ton of studs on the squad. They are built to win now. To me, the only like I actually don't have that many questions with Herbert. Now, once fans come back, it's going to get harder. Transition period. Will it? You know, could he have some struggles? Of course, but he's pretty damn good. 
The question for me is the coach. They hire Brandon Staley, who'd been a coordinator for a year. To me, less about being a coordinator for a year. He'd only been in the NFL for four or five years. So there's a big transition. Now, he seems like a smart guy. Seems like an impressive guy. There is a ton of pressure on him. He inherits uh, Justin Herbert and Bosa and Keenan Allen and all these guys. Mike Williams. Hopefully, what's his name? Uh, the Derwin James can stay healthy. Because if he can, then God, their team is just loaded. They drafted Kenneth Murray last year from uh, from Oklahoma. They have a ton of talent on their squad. They just have been poorly coached. Like, Anthony Lynn's gone now. I just don't know if Staley's any good. He was an awesome coordinator for Sean McVay. Best defense in the league. He was awesome. Can he do that with these guys? We're about to find out. Can't wait to watch. I, 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 would, be, I would be really excited if I were you. I would expect to be in the playoffs next year. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. And, uh, and yeah, have a great weekend. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.